Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 382 of the AFTN podcast. This is the preview show, the only podcast that has to balance critical analysis of uh, tactics and squad selection with a sleeping child in another room. I'm here with uh, Gideon Hill. Hello. And Peter Hicken. Hey. Hey guys, long, long off season. Um, too long. Yeah, too it, has, long. It, has felt, it felt really long, but it's... It's funny. It's, it's like a, little, a detox, though, right? Yeah, it is, and it's like it renews your optimism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, soccer. shouldn't have had that fifth beer, but you know, three weeks later, doing a bit better, can finally <laughs> look at a pint glass again. Kind of just me, or oh, that's too relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. What were you guys up to in the off season? Anything, anything interesting? Uh, I mean, just school and yeah, tracking draft picks and yeah. TAM and. Yeah. Allocation money. Isn't there no TAM anymore? It's only GAM now, I think. I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> scam. Yeah. Scam. <laughs> yeah. Spam as well. So that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It, like, way too long of an off-season. Preseason games, they don't quite, um, you know, itch the, itch the scratch or scratch the itch or whichever way you want to put it. Um, but it's finally time for some action. Sporting Kansas City um, this Saturday, 7.30. Lots to talk about on both sides. Um, a ton of changes for the Whitecaps, and uh, yeah, let's dig into some of the tactics, some of the big big picture stuff. You know, organi- organization has gone through changes uh, in the back, in the front office, on the field, maybe a change of attitude in, ter- in terms of the tactics. We're gonna dig into all that. So let's start with the Whitecaps um, preseason. What, what were your guys' impression of uh, preseason? I thought the preseason was actually very inspiring. I think it's yeah. really good. The Whitecaps. In terms of, I know Marcus Santos wasn't very happy last season about having to go. To yeah, Hawaii it was a gong show was, last season. Like, you remember? Yeah, the Hawaii thing. And they was, didn't get their players on time. Like, or like, yeah. their players were joining joining the camp two weeks before the kickoff of the season. Which, yeah, oh, that's not true for the season as well, but less so than it was last year. Yeah, the, the visa situation is annoying from like a Canadian team point of view, right, Gideon? Like, is it? Do you feel kind of unsettled that these American teams can get green cards like a year or two years after a player has joined a team, but like Canadian teams take so long? Any thoughts on that? I mean, a little bit. It's it's frustrating because you see some teams, I think Atlanta freed up two spots. Yeah. I think Barco and Martinez are another player 
um, green cards so they could free up two spots yeah, just like yeah. that. So it's it's an unfair advantage, and I think JJ Adams references this all the time. Like, it's just not fair. It's not a level playing field um, for for Canadian teams, right? No, not at all. Because for in Canada, you need a permanent residency. Yeah. to get. I know I how hard know. I know how hard that it is to get that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me four years, and I wasn't playing for the Whitecaps. <laughs> yeah, but some teams in in the U.S. have got the green cards with them, like six months or less. Again, yeah. It's remarkable yeah. compared to how long it takes us to get them here. Yeah, and as a result, you know, some of the signings that the fans are very excited about, um, so Uwosu and uh, Ranko, um, haven't kicked a ball with the team yet, right? Uwosu just uh, arrived, I think, yesterday, today, or yeah, today's uh, Wednesday as we record, so um, either yesterday or today. Like, he was, he just met his teammates for the first time, which probably means, like, in terms of fitness and understanding um, you know how the team works. It's probably two weeks until we see him on the field. Um, definitely not this weekend. I would say, like, even if he's on the bench, I don't think he would see any minutes. It's just too early. Yeah, it's really unfortunate from a chemistry perspective, first of all, but also just from match fitness. Because if I mean, for those of you who listen to the Sunday show, Michael's interview with MDS, he talked about how the same uh, another Ghanaian player who plays for, who joined Kansas City. Both of them got signed at the same time, and the Kansas City player has been with SKC for three weeks now yeah, or something, yeah. and we and we just get Owosu today. Yeah, it's same league, same country. Yeah, yeah, it's that's the difference. It's really unfortunate. Like I would love to see him because you you would imagine him like him at least would be Owosu. I mean, would be in the starting lineup. Probably we'll go through what our what we think the lineup will be soon, but one of those center midfield spots, you know, pulling the strings. Yeah. His highlight package was all about these forward passes and these, like, um, through balls and things like that, right? So right from day one, the Whitecaps won't have their their team that they want to, to field. So the preseason games, Gideon, back to that. Any thoughts on, like, the style or the, the results even? I know they don't mean too much at this phase, but any, any thoughts on that? I think there was some quality shown in preseason. I think one thing that stuck out to me th- throughout was chemistry. Um, I think having the squad together really helped. It showed in the field and the pro- the production on the field. Like there's a couple pretty goals against team yeah. build up as well. Like yeah. Cavalini scored a couple of those. Um, I think it felt more more camaraderie than last year. Oh, big time! Yeah. yeah, and I think that again yet to be seen how it leads on the field. But you feel like there's more cohesiveness this time around, and there could be more yeah, success on the more, field right away. More of the like the dynamics on the field, like the link ups that you would want to see in the season were definitely happening, right? Yeah, I, I think the pace of play was just mm-hmm. was improved a lot more as well. At least for the Minnesota game particularly, that's was definitely their best showing. Or at least I, I actually only watched the Minnesota game and then a bit of the Portland game. Yeah, I, I think I watched at least a part of, if not all of, the three games in Portland. Um, thankfully, because I live in Richmond and I, <laughs> it wasn't blocked for me like it would be for other people in, uh, in BC. But um, yeah, like... The, the what you guys said, right? The chemistry looked good. The dynamics you could see, kind of the tactical things that they were trying to do. So, getting Adnan on the ball, um, like in front of the box, or not in front of the box, on the side of the box. Cavallini, like the work that he does in terms of dropping in and defending, like a couple, or you know, closing down from the front. The pressing was really interesting. The pressing was happening. It, it was more controlled. Like there was switches for turning the press, the pressing on. It wasn't always just constantly press, press, press. They were choosing their moments to do it. So yeah, it looked it looked really good. I, I think this will go down as a positive preseason. But what's ultimately going to happen is um, we need to put a team out on the field. Let's let's discuss that a little bit. I think 
at the back, at the very back in goalkeeper, and at the very top in striker, there's no debate who fills those two spots, right? Crepeau is definitely a striker, and Cavallini <laughs> is definitely a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Max, Max Crepeau, starting goalie. Um, Meredith got some minutes, but I, it's Crepeau's spot to lose, right, guys? No, yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be more of like you saw last year with back-to-backs, mm-hmm. or if Crepeau was on internationally, which he should be this year because there isn't any goal cups or anything like that, so it'll mm-hmm. be Crepeau's job to lose unless an injury... I hope it doesn't happen, but it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but Cavallini has been really... He, Cavallini has scored how many goals? Four goals? Four, goals. four yeah. games for in the, in the preseason, and he's he does, he does a lot of great... I mean, yeah, he's just barring one bad miss I watched in the Portland yeah. game, yeah. he has been really good in his finishes, so, and he does a lot of good work, that good work should, off the ball. That should definitely have been a goal, and I, I remember on the Sunday show, I, I kind of pointed that out, like, if this was a regular season yeah, game, we would be that. talking about that miss a lot, but he did redeem himself, like, ten minutes later with a lovely team goal, right? Yeah, um, yeah um, re- like, the back line was something that came under a lot of scrutiny during preseason. Obviously, Ali Adnan had... A, like he's a quality player, had a good preseason. Nerwinski was polarizing, though. I personally thought he was one of the Whitecaps' best players during preseason. I didn't think Nerwinski was that bad. To yeah, be honest. I, but I've I've seen people online on Twitter, like, point him out as the weak link. Like, kidding, he's not the weak link in that defense from based on the preseason. Do you think? No, and I think there were a lot of times last year was kind of the brunt of some defensive. At yeah. some points, I think he was at fault for some of that, yeah. for sure. But. I don't think it's as bad. Like, the, the, if you're just judging it based on the preseason that we've had, I think he did really well, honestly. Yeah, and this is his, what, I think, fourth team with the with year with the team, so I think yeah, he's growing more, and I think having three players beside him that can be, uh, you know, have chemistry with, that'll really lead to success, and I think if you have that altogetherness and, you know, shifting side to side, you know where you're going to go, that yeah. really helps with the player but mentality. getting forward was really impressive during preseason. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about that, because when it comes to... The, the criticism for Nowinski last year was that Nowinski, because everybody remembers from his 2017 debut mm-hmm. season, Nowinski was fantastic at in his and his like up and up and down yeah, the field yeah, play. Yeah. He was great at putting square balls on the ground into the box. Yeah, people criticized him last year for saying he wasn't as good offensively as he's been in the past. But the thing is, if you look at the preseason with Adnan, Adnan's been playing almost as like a winger when they're Pretty in much, attack. Yeah. So how do you expect Nowinski to be? pushing up more like um I, I would think like he, he showed that side of it in preseason but he's gonna have to pick and choose his moments to go forward mm. um it won't be as frequently as Ali Adnan does because that's what Ali Adnan does right um but it it will I, I think there's value in that he I, I agree with everything he said like he his attack his attacking contributions dropped off last season and the season before his first season was fantastic um, if I'm getting that right, I think he's been. This is yeah, this, this is his fourth year. Yeah, so like yeah, you're right. The first year he came in, it was like it was a revelation, right? We got another one of those great draft picks. Yeah. You know, like Tim Parker was another example of a defensive like positive draft pick. But um, I think the posi- the two positions that came under the most scrutiny were the center back positions during um, preseason. Cornelius, we kind of know what he's about. I thought he looked okay. He's on the same side as Adnan, so he kind of has to work with. Um, with the space in terms of when Adnan goes forward, Kamiri did not look good. Kamiri was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, could have had a red card and should have he, had, he would have had, had, had a red card. card. Yeah. Game. and didn't look too comfortable on the ball. I know he makes ambitious passes sometimes, um, kind of fulfilling the Kendall Waston role of uh, of those ambitious forward passes. Um, and then, but off the ball too, he just looked, you know, kind of off the pace. How much of that is like he's 
coming back up to pace from his injury last season. How much of that can we make a solid judgment on right now? I mean, I don't know. He just, he just looked really shaky, but I mean, he did grow into the games, I think, a little bit. But it, I mean, it is difficult. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. He's entirely of last year. He was yeah. injured. So if when Godoy comes back, do we think uh, Kamiri is the one who would drop out and it would be Kamiri, or it would be Godoy and Cornelius to start in the center? Yeah. Yeah, and then Ranko can come in and challenge for one of those spots, I guess, is what's probably going to happen. Maybe Cornelius' spot then? People have, I mean, people have proposed that you could find a way to get Godoy, Ranko, and um, Cor- no. uh, Cornelius, and Cornelius yeah. all in the field at the same so time. Godoy can play right back, and he I think he had like one or two good games there. But he he's playing against the Galaxy in that game at right back last year. Yeah, so could like could happen. You know, none of those spots are apart from probably Adnan. None of those spots are set in stone. Um, let's move on to the midfield. We saw for the most part Tybert and Huang uh, Ingbom in the um, in the midfield. Um, probably that pairing to start until Owusu comes back. Any any contrary opinions there? No, I thought they were I thought they were fairly solid. I mean, the only thing is when it comes to Tybert and Inbom is neither of them are like a out and out number six. Yeah. And given the like yeah. kind of the youth or like kind of the young age of our defense, are those two? Did those two provide enough cover that yeah. doesn't nope. put a lot of pressure? Because you don't have like a an MLS starting their top five caliber center back in there who it doesn't matter what happens yeah. are going to be able to we don't have we don't have an Alonso to cover the back four no we don't I think Ingbom's tried to do that in the preseason but he's definitely more of a forward thinking player Gideon do you think it's Tybert or or Ingbom that needs to do that a bit more like who should be in charge of going forward who should be watching the I shop think, I think Tybert we've seen in the past how well he's marshaled defenses our okay. defense anyways and you see last year how much it fell for John Arisa trying to bring out of the back and how many turnovers he had in the yeah, game. Yeah. So I think that'll be Tybert's role to lose. I think Andy Rose might be thrown in there at some point, not saying to start. He's, game, he's more defensive minded. Yeah, like, so it depends by nature. on how things go if Tybert has a bad game or Inbaum is pushed forward, like he's playing number 10 as well. So it depends cool. on what all could, could happen in the, throughout the season and to begin with, anyways, on Saturday. Very good. Um, the. Uh, I guess the formation that we've been discussing this whole time is the four-three-three or four-two-three-one, depending on what you want to call it. The the two sitting midfielders are narrow, right? They're they're very central, and then the the three in front of them are a lot more fluid. That's why there's a bit of confusion over what you call the formation sometimes. But for all intents and purposes, it's a four-two-three-one with Verena probably in the number ten role, right behind the striker. Showed some good chemistry in preseason with with Cavallini, um, like short passes and exchanges. How, do we think this is going to be another year that we rely on him for offense, or do you think there's enough on the wings to kind of get something going? I think this is the year we rely on him. Like you saw in 2017 at Wally Bono with Montero, like a new player. Yeah. Seems to have chemistry pretty well with new guys, like you said, Cavallini as well. So I don't know if there's much of reliance on him as it is he's kind of getting, being supported by Milinkovic and yeah. Dolomay, the, but The tactical reliance I kind of saw in preseason was... You know, the the breakout from the middle third into the final third, right? The person that kind of drives it. Usually you think your wingers are the people to kind of create based on combination plays in the corners, right? But um, the really dangerous plays, the plays that, like, got the, the, the fans excited, I guess, was when Reyna was driving at the center of defense. Like, like he does, like he did last season, like he did the season before that. It's such a strong aspect of his game. And in terms of offensive generation, I'm just worried that if, he, if he's having an off night... How are we going to get the ball to the forward players, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's a legitimate question to ask. Are Dahomey and Milinkovic strong enough playmakers, players who are willing to take players on one-on-one to pick up the slack mm-hmm. if Reyna 
or Inbong, whoever's the one who's either running in a defense to pass yeah. the ball out wide or or to slipping balls in behind, yeah. behind the back line. Let's, let's talk about that. Gideon, what do you think? To answer Peter's I, question. Yeah, I think it's you rely on Reina for how, like, as far as he takes you. Like, if he's going to bring the ball forward and supply, yeah. then you use him. Like, yeah. set pieces yeah. come in favor as well. Like, if you're not scoring goals, the breakout getting shut down, set pieces come into play. Yeah. And I think also you have to throw in Raposo. One of the conversation, he had two goals in preseason. Raposo looked really good. Yeah, so. Yeah. But, but the wingers, though, do you think they have what it takes to. See, I generates. Think I think Linkovich can definitely have that. He seems like a guy is pretty aggressive so, driving in. A lot of people said that, but I didn't feel like he was strong on the ball, if you know what I mean. You know, shoulder to shoulder, like, not... He 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 had, he had, a, he had a good drive to him. One thing that annoyed me about him, too, was that he did, wouldn't take people on one-on-one. But when he did, he set up that really good goal for um, Cavallini, right? Yeah, no, he looked really reluctant to take players on one-on-one. I think what I like about Milinkovic, you're right, you're right. Milinkovic was, he didn't seem like he wanted to take players one-on-one. He seemed a bit slow and yeah. not, and not yeah. yeah, and he did, wasn't very physical. I did appreciate that he always made the good pass, though. Yeah, like, I, he, I can he, see that. He didn't, so I think Milinkovic would, is a great player on the left side kind of to work in a front four mm. but I do think you might I mean, I mean maybe Dinahome has it maybe he doesn't it's, it's really any kind of talk we have right now about putting a it's kind of arbitrary on the guy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you, knew, you do need I think dynamicism from yeah. one of the and two ways a big part on, uh, for the player who plays on the left will be how well or how much do you enable Adnan to do what he does right so if we have two attacking players in Adnan and whatever left winger you put um, it's you can't like they can't both be doing the same thing, right? If Milinkovic yeah. is being the creator for Adnan to get forward and get into positive positions, then I think that's a totally legitimate strategy. The, I think the, what what's the this looming storm cloud for the for the offense is the Dahomey side, right? So Dahomey didn't light the world on fire in the preseason. Personally, I saw things I really liked. Like he seems to have a bit of pace about him. He seems to have a bit of like. Um, intent to get into the box which is very very positive but like he didn't generate much um he might have scored a goal if the referee didn't call that penalty and then um you know rule it out because of var right but you know it's preseason no one really cares about the goals right but um personally i think that's going to be a big early question for the white caps is is christian Dahomey going to be the next last bangura or is he going to be something that's going to stick around for a long time yeah it yeah. kind of reminds me of Tuchero a little bit with the size, kind of shorter, li- little... Stocky, though. Stocky, yeah. Really stocky. So that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully cool. it's more consistent than Tuchero. <laughs> yeah. What's Tuchero? Tuchero had some really good moments, though. He also... He also yeah, exactly. Tuchero had, like, a reasonable MLS career, but he's yeah. always going to be remembered for taking his shirts off um, <laughs> when he had a yellow card already. Yeah, and getting the right card. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the right, right wing is probably a spot where if Dahomey doesn't offer all the kind of attacking creativity that you need is somewhere that uh, the White Cubs could look at and yeah. bringing in like a you know a TAM player or a game player whatever yeah. the currency yeah. reason now or with looking with an MLS for a trade yeah I, I think it's a it's a good thing that like we have a uh, we have a player that we want to try there but you're right if if it needs addressing that might be one of the first things on the shopping list um, let's let's dig into a few more like um, tactical points I guess for now um how are they going to set up? Low block, um, medium press, high press, or targeted pressing? What do you guys think? Um, based on you know just the the early impressions in the preseason. The, I mean the, the pressing the pressing looked really good, and yeah, it, we, I mean, we touched on it a little bit before. Like it did seem like they were 
kind of choosing their moments to press it. But most of all, I, I liked that the team was pressing as a unit. It was like I remember we, we yeah. saw like, we saw games at the start of last season. But remember the first couple of games with Inbom, where Inbom was like relentlessly yeah, yeah, pressing, but the rest that. of the team wasn't necessarily yeah. doing that. There seemed to be a bit more buy-in into the system. Yeah, it is more. Well, I guess maybe because the preseason as a whole is more, um, you know, uh, put together than last season's gong show. Maybe that's the reason we're seeing it a lot better now, right? But Ingbom won't be the person doing the first push, right? No. Cavallini now, we have a strike, because last year it was Montero, who, you know, he tries to close down, but I don't think he has the, maybe not the speed, maybe that's unfair, but anyway, um, Cavallini is that kind of a defensive forward when he wants to be. Yeah, I, I would like to see targeted pressing, so, you know, you identify um, weak ball players and you try you try and space your defenders out so that they get the ball more most often. Um, there's like, it's a it's a common strategy and then you press when that player has the ball and they either shank it out of play and then you get a throw in or they turn it over and in MLS there'll be plenty of players that that are not solid on the ball in the back line right um although the new goal kick rules will be interesting you know where you can just pass the ball inside your box box. yeah Yeah, you're right yeah they started doing some really cool things in Europe now where the goalie just like rolls the ball and then a center back or a defensive midfielder just sprints forward with the ball like Uh just starts sprinting um and yeah, it kind of expands the field a little bit. How do we see the midfielders behaving in, in our in our um, pressing system? So assuming that it's going to be Ingbom and uh, Tybert to start. Um, so we talked a little bit about one person sitting, one person pressing, but like, how far are they going to press? Is it going to be right up against their sitting midfielders? Um, we'll talk a little bit about Kansas soon. But well, How high a line did they hold again in the preseason? It, it was low most of the time, but it was when they pressed as a unit, it was super high. It was, um, you know, you're looking at uh, 10 yards outside the box for the center midfielders when they were really, really pressing. Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, it depends. Like, I, I, I don't know, have you guys, how fast, how fast are our, are our center backs? Like, how fast are Cornelius? Camiri is not fast. <laughs> because you can't, yeah, you, you can't have the midfielders pressing too high. That's a good point. If the center backs, mm-hmm. and you can't, because if you have to press really high, the, there's going to be a giant gap between the back line yeah. and the mid, yeah. and, the, and you know, your, your back six. Yeah. Or, no, it's a really good point. Have to catch it it, and it depends on what formation the other team is playing as well. Because if they play with three forwards and, you know, they hit a long ball when you press then you could have like a two-on-three situation or three-on-three situation because you've committed so many people forward. That's a really good point, actually. Maybe it will be a lower block because of the speed, first of all. Um, like, when Godoy comes back, I'll be a bit more comfortable. But Kamiri, maybe maybe I'm just overly scared about what I saw in the preseason. But, yeah, Kamiri didn't inspire inspire joy when <laughs> I was looking at the back line. Yeah, assuming this game it's going to be Tybert and Inbaum as... Your holding midfielders and Camiri and Cornelius as your center backs. So yeah, probably going to pursue a bit of more of a lower block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gideon, you don't see at least for the, for this game, like it, it will be a back four, right? It won't be a back three. No, I I have it kind of written out. If Godoy comes back and you want to have Ranko in there as well to have three, and then whoever you want outside. But one thing I was going to say as well about the high press is that not only does it create turnovers, but it doesn't give as much space for attacking mids like PT or. Zillarion from Columbus, the new guy, to, to you know, occupy. Last year we saw a lot of technical Americans come into the BC place or on the road yeah. and just pick apart our defense. Yeah, especially with the high press. Yeah, so yeah. There's some memorable um, pickings apart yeah. um, that the Whitecaps had to endure. Okay. Like other kind of general tactical points, we saw a lot of focus on set pieces in the preseason. Um, long, long may continue, I think. like the, For too long, it's been too easy to defend the Whitecaps on and attack the Whitecaps on set pieces as well. 
but that involves that kind of buy-in that you were mentioning um, earlier, Peter. Um, yeah. You guys feel that people are buying in a lot more now, right? I, do, I think, yeah, I mean, there's been some discussion this um, off-season about, like, our home record at BC Place. Yeah. Because our home record at BC Place hasn't been great. It's not the fortress that people talk about. And I think that if you, for, for, all, for all aspects of tactical stuff, where you're talking about set-piece defense or pressing or whatever, you need to have two things. And that's, you need to not play down to your opponents... That's something the Whitecaps have done yeah. a lot in the past. Is a little bit of inconsistency in terms of how well they're playing, just depending on how well, how well their opponents playing, and just kind of a bit more, just more grit, just more of a mm-hmm. will to win. That's just, and that and that that factors into set pieces when you're defending. Oh, just a for bit sure. More focus, and concentration, a bit, yeah. yeah. Concentration, focus, discipline. Yeah. When it comes to how they defend. Yeah. Um. Overall, positive um, impressions from the preseason. The new players are going to play such a key role. This isn't a this isn't a rebuild that had a spine and then you add pieces around it. No, no, no. This is a rebuild that <laughs> yeah. has really been rebuilt from the cornerstone all the way up to um, over like over the last two seasons, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like only Tybert's stuck around, and everything else is is brand new. Um, now that we've talked about the Whitecaps, it's time for this week's and the first of this season. Do you know who I am? Alright, back by um, popular demand, I guess. People who like it really like it. And people who hate it, so you guys <laughs> really feel the pressure. It's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just guys, relax. You know? it's like, <laughs> it, I feel it tenses up like ten times more when it It does. And time. Nick's not even here to like no, mispronounce any names. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, here we go. Do you know who I am for people who um, are listening for the first time? I throw clues at the guys when they think they have an answer. They say stop. And then they tell me what they think the player is. And we keep a, a running tally um, over the season. Um, we actually have two of, two of our three best players. Or, yeah, <laughs> two of our better players here today. Um, so, yeah, how are you guys feeling with the new season? With the new season? With the new season. Oh, with the new bad. season. Do, do, uh, good. I forget. How, how, did we, how did we finish last season? Um, I'm pretty sure... Peter won. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh, I thought great then. <laughs> yeah. It, well, well, there was an um, investigation into the financial fair play, obviously, and oh, well. uh, the court of arbitration. He's actually been relegated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And fined like $3 million. But anyway, that's, uh, that, that'll be in the footnotes of the show. Um, okay, here we go. First clue. I am a winger for an expansion team this season. Okay. I have 11 caps and one goal for my national team. Stop. Randall Leal? Not Randall Leal. Okay. I started my career in the English Lower League. Stop, Lewis Morgan. Nope. The expansion team I play for is Nashville. Mukhtar? Not Mukhtar. I have previously played for the crew. Stop, David Akam. David Akam. Well done, Peter Higgin. He started his career in the lower... He did. Um, Ledbury Town, and then um, he was with Evesham United, and then Forest Green Rovers. He then went to, um, uh, I think it's Sweden? 
Yeah, Sweden with Ostersunds. That that's the team that did really well. Probably after he left. Oh, they, they did the English coach, didn't they? Yeah, um, Graham Potter. Um, and then he was in Helsingborgs and then Chicago Fire, where he scored thirty three goals in seventy eight games. That was my next clue. Um, but yeah, David Akam with Nashville. Nashville will be interesting to watch this season. <laughs> Nashville are going to be oh, like. You can hold me to it, but I think Nashville are going to be appalling. <laughs> you never know. Like It's so hit and miss with expansion teams. They're definitely more Cincinnati than they are Atlanta. They're, yeah, they're... But, um, I don't know. I like how that's even a saying. They're more Cincinnati than they're Atlanta. Just so different. People, the MLS pundits always do that. They're like, oh, will they be like Atlanta or LAFC? It's like, okay, this is in two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like, know. Tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys just love Mark. Anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> okay, let's look at the um, opposition. So... Um, Last season we would actually, I think we would look at the other team first, and then we would look at the Whitecaps. This season we flipped it around um, because like obviously, yeah, the Whitecaps are far more important than whatever drivel comes to the sh- to uh, to BC place. Just kidding. <laughs> SKC, I'm actually scared this season. Like bad year last year, second bottom in the conference. Yeah, they were oh, shocking in defense. Yeah. Um, we actually because this is AFTN and Michael McCall is in charge. Uh, we have. Actually, we have to fill like a six-minute segment right now on Johnny Russell. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys have any friends called Russell? Like, let's start. The, I'm just kidding. Just um, great yeah. about how much you love his hair. Yeah, <laughs> great player, but I don't think I think the chances of him playing are pretty slim because he didn't play much in preseason. Okay, um, not. I, I think that was the word on the street, and by street I mean what Michael told me in on Twitter. Um, Michael, Michael would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is. Well, a, he has Russell's number, and he probably does. Yeah. Yeah, the, what what Michael said. Um, the question is whether or not he'll he'll start. He's been playing on the fringes in free, in preseason because um, he had a child. So congratulations to Johnny. So um, hopefully he makes the trip and we see him at some point because he's one of their um, key threats, right? Um, Johnny Russell. Yeah, he's one of their designated players along with Gutierrez and new addition Alan Polito. Yeah, Polito. So like that's probably the next person to talk about um, when they have all their. Um, you know, bits and bobs together. It'll be Shelton, Russell, and um, the two of them would would sandwich Polito. So Polito is like this new, you know, this new type of MLS signing, right? Um, from I think he came from he Chivas, Chivas, yeah. and um, young striker. He was like, with Olympiacos for a while as well too in Europe. Oh, was he? And then he got yeah, he was. He's t- how old is he? He's twenty seven, right? 20, yeah. Yeah. So, 27, but he led Liga Mackey in goal scoring last year, at least ever in the aperture of the Closer or combined. But he yeah. led Liga Mackey in scoring. I think he was robbed at gunpoint once too when he was in Mexico or Europe. One of the two. That was one of those Could be Mexico, that, could be Greece. That, that, that's that's the time I read his name, I'm like, oh, this... And then <laughs> that's how I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> well, Kansas, of, Kansas yeah. is a good place to go to yeah. if you don't want to get robbed. <laughs> that's kind of one of the players league of yeah, from an MLS. I think the Timbers left back, George Viafone, he got robbed a good one and yeah. he came back to MLS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even Cavallini, right? Like, his club had... Right after he left, they had trouble paying the players. So he, yeah, yeah, so I read something like that. But like, what? Yeah, Puebla, yeah, like right got after. shut down too because they couldn't pay their players yeah. and they got relegated. I, I'm <laughs> all seeing all players got released. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a trend I'm seeing. So, uh, yeah, Glass City was really excited about <laughs> those contracts that got uh, got released. It's similar to what happened with um, uh, Sporting Lisbon a few years ago, where oh the, right when the the, the ultras um, attacked the players on the training pitch. Wasn't Montero playing? For he them was playing. The, yeah, yeah okay. and the a lot of the players ripped up the contracts because they said that the club failed to protect them. And a bunch of them signed like free transfers and other like Champions League clubs. It was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, anyway, back to back from Sporting Lisbon to <laughs> Sporting, Sporting Kansas, Kansas City. City. <laughs> yes. Um, let's. So th- that's the front three. Um, 
we've had bad experiences against Kansas City. We all remember the two red card game when uh, Juarez uh, went crazy and punched someone. Um, and like Reina got sent off too. Yeah, both got sent off in one sequence. I was watching yeah. the New York City FC game today because I heard that Efrain Juarez was the assistant coach for New York City FC. Really? But I was disappointed to find out that he... Well, I just looked on the sideline and he wasn't there. Okay. Well, it's because he played with the new New York City coach, Ronnie Dyla, at Celtic. Oh. And then apparently Dyla saw him on vacation and they were chatting. And they were like, <laughs> oh, do you want to be the assistant? For pretty far-fetched, but he wasn't in to see him. It wow. Funny. It's all about who you know, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it looks, like, it looks like based on preseason, it's a 4-3-3. Um, the, the emphasis definitely is on their exciting forward players. But some of their results, you know, they beat Cincinnati emphatically. I don't know how impressive that is. That's not very impressive. Um, yeah, four or nothing. Um, <laughs> That's before Lokai. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, they, they uh, lost two zero to Columbus. They drew nil nil with RSL. Then they lost to Phoenix. Ouch! It actually says ouch on our running order. Um, and um, then they lost to New York. So not great. They only won one game, and it was against Cincinnati. So does it even really count? We're really, really not not being nice to Cincinnati <laughs> today. Um, anyway, they just can't get anything right going for them. Yeah, I thought I thought Cincinnati would be like. You remember that cup run they went on where there was so much buzz around them? Yeah, I thought they'd be like yeah. Atlanta. I thought they'd yeah. be like the Sounders, where they join the league and they'd have like this ecstatic fan base. Yeah, and, like, no, not so lower tier mm-hmm. American soccer stories. And, like, yeah, but no. so it's it's safe to say Sporting Kansas City are following their form from last season, right where they finished. Above the white caps, but um, way yeah, out of the playoff picture. The caps, yeah, yeah. Um, you know some f- some familiar names in the midfield: Espinoza, Sanchez, and uh, who would make up that third midfield spot? I think one of the new signings. It's the one. It's it's the one. It's the Ghanaian player from the Israeli okay. league. The one Mark DeSantis compared uh, okay. Owosu with Kinda Gadi Kinda. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out on the uh, on the commentary. Actually, we'll we'll probably all be at the game, so <laughs> we won't be listening to any commentary. Yeah, so it's it, it's actually similar to what the Whitecaps want to play, right? A, a, a narrow midfield three with a wide front three, right? And yeah. then lots of running, obviously involved for the for the forward players. But speed is has always been kind of a part of their of their game. Like Russell can move, Shelton's fast. This new guy Polito, like if he's just the finisher, then that's probably his role. Do you guys think we'll see some interesting kind of like mirroring happening, like where both teams are trying to do the same thing? Those always make for, for fun games, right? I, I don't know. The, well, yeah, the Whitecaps seem to have moved away from the 4-3-3 just based yeah. on our roster personnel it, that we wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think one thing that sticks out to me is, well, I think we mentioned Gutierrez as well, so a guy that plays the Chilean national team, uh, he can slot in the midfield three, and they have five, six options to center back who could all play, like, yeah. first, like Fontas, yeah. Barath, and Winston Reed, and then Beasler and Punchet, who they're new signing too. So. It, it probably won't be Reed because he hasn't played mm-hmm. in quite a while. It'd be yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of yeah. fallen out of favor at West Ham. I think he's on loan in um, yeah, he's, Sporting. Yeah, he's on loan. So, like, he's a, he's, once he's at full fitness, what a signing, really. Like, he's a New Zealand international and, uh, you know, yeah, played in the active. Premier League. Like, he was a starting centre-back for West Ham for quite a while. Up, like, not during their best spell, but still, like, you don't be a starting centre-back for a Premier League team without being a damn good player, right? So he'll make a difference when his time comes. It is really, it is an open question who is going to start. Beasler, you know, solid as a rock, right? But who, who goes next to him? That's the problem. Um, in the fullback position, Zuzi, third season playing as right back or second season playing as right back or something like that? It might be third season. Yeah. He's play, he's interesting right interesting back. development for him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's stuck. The right back thing is stuck moving from center midfield, right? 
Do you guys like what he brings to that position? There was a lot of... I mean, last year when it came to their, yeah, horrific defensive season, a lot of people pointed at Sino, Sinovich. Yeah, or, Sinovich. For blaming him for it, but a lot of... But I remember reading... I mean, this is on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. But, like, <laughs> Kansas fans who were saying Zussi was responsible for a lot of the defensive errors that they had. Mm-hmm. But there were defensive errors across that back line, yeah. including the midfield as well. So... Yeah, you know. I think this year won't be a problem of them keeping the ball out. I think it'll be a problem of them scoring if Polito like the service to him as well. I think yeah. that'll be like they don't have a like Gutierrez can play ten, but I don't think they have like a oh no playmaker like yeah. Rainer or something like that. So, yeah, we'll um, but they've made the right signings though. Yeah, right. I think so. Like they've on paper they've done the right things to address the problems from last season. Yeah, I, I mean on paper they've done they've made they've made an abundance of signings at the center back. Like too many, I don't know why. <laughs> it's um, like a football manager <laughs> when you sign too many center backs. Yeah, six or seven or something. Six. Maybe um, they're playing a back three. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, that's what I thought at first, and then I was like, well, actually, on their personnel, it doesn't look like it makes sense for them to play a back three. Yeah. But and they've got and they do have options in midfield and up front, which have been proven quantities in mm-hmm. past years. Yeah. But it's really a matter, I think, of how they gel and, and how, for, how they enable. Uh, Polito to score too, right? Like he yeah. scored a bunch of goals in Chivas, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he'll do it here if he's not given the supply, right? And Hurtado's still around with them, I so that's, think so. Yeah, is he? and I was yeah. looking at the roster one thing that stuck with me as well. They have eight homegrowns, which I didn't think. Like I knew Salt Lake was kind of leader in MLS for homegrowns. Yeah, but yeah. That's a lot to me. That's a lot. Oh, Kansas have always had yeah. like a really good, and they have that guy uh, Busso, Busso. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's seventeen. Yeah, like yeah. he he's really he's good. Yeah. Like, and Cousin, I think, too. Anyways, yeah, and on them and LA seem to just have a pipeline of uh, you know youth players that come through. LA have to because they signed so many DPs that they can't. Uh, <laughs> they have to have some homegrown players as well. But anyway, um, in goal, it's uh, it's Milia, just a good goalie. I think probably probably has won goalie of the year a few times. Um, he's, he's definitely won at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like Milia. Like if if his season kind of winds down, I'd love him in Vancouver as a backup or something like that but anyway yeah so contain the front three and just be be there to attack this kind of fresh back four I guess this uh, inexperienced well uh, not inexperienced but lack of chemistry between the back four we have to be there to kind of exploit that and who better than Cavallini to find those gaps right yeah it's, it's, it's tough it's tough to predict exactly how they're going to line up for this game yeah but regardless they've, they've got a lot of options regardless who they who they start and who starts for this game against Vancouver based on their preseason results and the fact that this is I mean Kansas City is not a team that has done that has had extensive rebuilds before mm-hmm. like, we've had rebuilds before Kansas has not they've, they've had a very core team for a long time yep. the Whitecaps at least I think should you know take it to them in the first yep. start of this game especially with the tough like um, fixtures the Whitecaps have this really is three points you have to yep. you have to address all right, we'll have a uh, short musical interlude where I'm sure Michael will find a song to serenade um, the fans, and uh, we'll come back and we'll do some big picture, um, you know, discussions and talk about some uh, questions that the fans got in touch with on Twitter. Hi, I'm Eric Hurtado, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Okay, um, so, like, the excitement really is building. Like, the, 
every day I've woken up this week, I'm more and more excited for Saturday because it's just been so long, right? The stadium experience is so special. What are you guys looking forward to most for the match day side of things? The VAR, no question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of VAR will we see? When I watched the Minnesota game and they had the VAR on mm. the penalty, I, I, I got reinvigorated with the yeah. anger I from MLS VAR. The VAR actually stopped two penalties for the Caps. There was one that was deemed a dive. It was Dahomey, actually. Um, oh, he, right. like, jumped over someone. It was definitely not a penalty. So I think VAR was probably correct in both of those calls. But anyway, Gideon, what about you? I think for me, it'd be the walkout with a new Hans Zimmer song. And every time... Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter, like, any game of the year. Like, the, when the players walk out, I still get chills. It's bad. I've been yeah. how many, many games. Like, it's just... You get that feeling. New season. Like, yeah. It's exciting. For me, exciting. it's the, the general general admission section. So I'll, I'll be there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be... I, I, I think it has all the ingredients to be special, right? And it's partly down to, you know, the club and their management of the logistics around it, and then partly down to the fans as well to generate that atmosphere. It's going to be very interesting, and I'll be I'll be doing my part, I hope, um, for, for that. Um, Cheering I, or drinking? I'm not, you know, we need, to su- <laughs> we need to support the sponsors of the league yes. in terms of the beer, right? Phillips. So I'll do... Is it, oh, it is Phillips. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, we should have we should have a game. Was every single time one thing happens, Joe has to drink. <laughs> Joe has to buy a twelve dollar beer. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive afternoon. Yeah, that, if uh, the fans want it, I'll gladly oblige. I'll just write it off as a tax. We'll do uh, that out of the EFTN fund, and then we'll yeah. have buzzers for do you know who I am, so we're not interluding each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was the um, the AFTN. Um, I forget what it's called. But the special episodes that Michael does, um, where you know. There's, there's a small subscription fee, so um, what's that money being used towards? We can... Uh... Yes, sign up for the AFTN Extra <laughs> Podcast. Extra, there we go. Extra Podcast, so that whenever we play Do You Know Who I Am and we need another clue, Gideon and I have to do a shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I think tequila would be a good choice oh. for something. Like anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump into some questions. Great questions today. Like, really fantastic questions. Thanks to everyone who got in touch. I'll just um, rattle them off, and you guys can give your um, honest opinions on these. So this one is from Cliff Walker. Which one of the homegrown signings do you see playing a decent amount of time this year, apart from uh, Theo Bear? Anyone that really stands out to you guys? I'm going to cop out and say Russell Tybert because he's technically homegrown. That is such a call <laughs> That's out. a nine-year... Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Aren't you glad... Is it, I is it ten? It's a nine or ten. for a long yeah, time. I don't, yeah, I don't think apart from him there's anyone who really is knocking um, on the door for I'm, minutes. Depending on how Nerwinski's season goes and if they don't decide to bring in another st- right back, the, um, is it George's... M- I definitely bought. I butchered that. But it's like Nick never left. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. I think we all know the player you're, yeah. you're referencing. Yeah, he could. He he did feature in preseason at the, that spot. Um, it is Nerwinski's to lose, though. Um, certainly, yeah. that starting position. Um, from Tracy James Clark, if the Caps have twenty points at the seventeen game mark, so halfway through, will MDS be let go? I don't think he'll let be let go at all. I think. Yeah, I it, agree. Like he was brought in to do this whole whatever yeah. rebuild. I think he at least gets to the end of the yeah, season. I can't, you can't do a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you think of it in a sense of like, oh, the Whitecaps have played thirty games and lost all of them, then like you could never completely rule out somebody being sacked. But I just think that it's really yeah. completely unrealistic so, that Mark Sanders so gets sacked. Twenty points after seventeen games is like. Pretty much the point, point per game average that they had last season. No, 
No. He's, he's got to them this season. Okay, percent. cool. Um, from Craig Bugtart, um, should we continue to worry about the midfield given how they played a 4-2-3-1 in preseason with wingers doing extra support on the back end? Will this system work long-term or will other teams be able to exploit it? And given that we have you know the lack of the midfield cover. So um, just to kind of synthesize that, are we worried about the midfielders not or the wingers not being able to do all the work in that system? So Milinkovic and homemade to start. Well, I mean, in terms of the midfield, like the midfield is not fixed in its state right now. Like once you Awosu has played as a six, eight, and a ten for the team that he transferred the Whitecaps from, so you might provide more cover. Yeah, we have, um, he's a really an unknown quantity. Yeah, he, but he is a really unknown quantity. I don't think the system the Whitecaps play is particularly unique. So no, I don't think no. it's. I don't think yes. Yeah, so I don't think that. It's some some revolutionary thing that teams are gonna. The four two three one is the formation of the last probably decade, I would say. Yeah, um, so. and it's kind of slowly moving towards a four three three in the modern era. Um, that, that's just my impression. It might be completely wrong, but no, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. If, if if teams are able, if the Whitecaps are not able to make that formation work based on other teams stopping them, it is because of application and not because of the system okay. itself. Gideon, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think four two three one is the one that you have to stick with. Like they'll, they'll have to do some work. Yeah. But I'd, again, like that just comes in who you're playing, the how the tactics the other team apply to you. Yeah. In I agree. Situation. And for the pressing, the four two three one is the right formation that gets the players in the right starting spots, right? I wanted them no. to play four two three one last year because because mm-hmm. Reyna is not a winger. Or maybe you guys can disagree with me. I don't think he's a winger. Reyna? No. I've liked him more. I wouldn't say full time, but I've liked. He's him. A, like, he's I like him much more at, at, in the central midfield, like underneath a striker. Oh, I agree. One hundred percent. And that's four two three one is the only formation that yeah. you can do he, it. He like, works, four three three attacking so, is a bit more defensive. Wingers responsibility. Wingers operate in you know two dimensions, right? They operate towards the goal and away from the goal, and then towards the sideline and away from the sideline. Like they, they don't have a they don't have a behind. Like if their back is to the sideline, everything is in front of them, right? Reyna is fantastic when he can turn. Mm-hmm. You know when he does like a, or he you know he does a, f- a feint and then he goes the other way, right? So he needs the space all around him to to like really get his skill set going. And then he, when there's lots of space, he also has speed that he can use. So I definitely think Reyna's a, a number ten um, through and through. This next question is from uh, Dove Boniface. Um, what better way? What is a better way to approach this season? This is a really good question. Believe the MLS pundits inevitable inevitable dire season preview. Of the of Whitecaps or join the optimist union. So that's really both ends of the spectrum. What do you guys think? Super think negative or, or optimistic? No, I think optimistic. I think the, the the additions they've had and the way that preseason's gone. Yes, it is preseason, but I think that there's a lot to look forward to this season. Uh, Peter, where do you stand on the spectrum? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I actually I actually listened to the MLS pundits. Um, the podcast. The, the extra time preview show for the Western oh, Conference. Man. Just. I can't let myself you have, through you that. Have, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. I think you have to absolutely think of it in terms of the optimist union. There's a lot of reasons to believe that this team is, and it's. I was thinking about it the other day because I think in terms of additions in over this past off season, other than Cavallini, there hasn't been any like blockbuster signings. Yeah, but it just seems like over these past, over these past two off seasons, there's a bit more of a. A program being put together, a process, and, yeah, yeah, and and the, the players are buying into it. I think you have to be positive about it as long as the players buy into the system. Mm-hmm. And the Whitecaps don't have to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but as long as there seems to be a real 
identity to this team. And you could, I guess that could be sort of pessimistic as all you want is an identity, but I think as long as there's an identity to this, there's no reason for us to not be optimistic about this team. Cool. Um, next question, um, two questions from uh, Jason. Um, are fans stupid to be asking about MDS being fired if we don't make the playoffs? Um, I think they, I wouldn't go as far as stupid. Yeah, but I wouldn't say you're stupid. It's too early to kind of, I'd say they're premature. A bit rash yeah. judgment. Could you agree with that? Yeah, I think you have to wait and see how the season goes before you can make it. It's just like the alternative option. Like, firing MDS yeah, who doesn't do you get achieve in? anything. Yeah, exactly. Does it, like, it doesn't really achieve yeah. much. And his next question, tell us your opinion on Freddie's role in the team this year. Um, much much maligned on social media, yet he keeps scoring goals to win games. I think he could succeed in that backup, either striker or 10 position. Mm-hmm. I, and he costs a lot of money, but... Hey, that's you know that's a contract. Got it. I think if there's problems or something happens to winger, like honestly, there's not a lot of winger depth. Like Milinkovic, Dahomey, and Rainer can play wide. So if it does go to four four two, Milinkovic struggles. You put Rainer wide with Dahomey or something. Freddie could play up top, like beside Cavallini, would might be interesting. Or in behind him, just as a four four one one kind of thing, which I think might work. But again, it d- depends. So I think he might be super sub in, in the summertime mm-hmm. when fixtures get pretty jammed up. You could have him in yeah. behind. Yeah, he can play ten, and as a super sub, I think he's great. He's how much is his contract? Seven hundred fifty thousand or something? It's he, not GP anymore. That's, yeah, but yeah. like seven hundred fifty thousand, I could be wrong on that. But if it is around that figure, there are other players in this league. Let's just watch in the Impact game. Maxi Verdi makes seven hundred thousand dollars for yeah. Montreal. Tyler, Tyler also. Yes, Tyler also makes like. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tyler's more of like a key player, but there are players around this league that just play as subs and make hey, and make a sub for. New York City today is a DP. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... He's probably going to start for them, though. Yeah, but I mean, there's... there's Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, it's not... Like, this is not a Breck No, no, no. $600,000. Agreed, agreed. $700,000, if you can can win games, is a totally fine role. I don't think he should be starting currently, unless, like, obviously an injury, but it's not the end of the world if he comes in, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Next question from uh, Zach Meisenheimer of AFTN Zone Parish. Um, two two questions. Um, we'll split them up, and you'll see why in a second. Um, tell us why the Whitecaps will overachieve this season. Then tell us why the Whitecaps will underachieve this season. I think they'll overachieve because the of Cavallini probably mm-hmm. bagging yeah. lots of goals. If they were to underachieve, it's going to be because there's a system. The system doesn't work out. Like um, I I don't know if MDS can adjust on the fly and how fixed he'll be with his four two three one because you know now that he's actually had time to implement it, is he going to kind of Overcommit to it, but that's you know we're kind of we're theorizing here. It's hard to actually predict what's going to happen. Since you've answered the internal part, or like from the White Cats perspective, I'll look at it from the external perspective. If they're going to overachieve, the Western Conference is much better than it was last year. Like last year, you had teams that I believe it was LAFC, Seattle, RSL, Portland, Portland, Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, Minnesota, Minnesota, and Dallas. Yeah. All made the playoffs, and like a team like RSL, there was not that yep. good of a team, and yet they. But th- this year, you've got tons of players coming in from Liga MX. A lot, a lot of those, a lot of those teams, like Kansas, is your is the best example. Is much better than it was last year, and there's really no excuse for them not to make the playoffs, other than like a chemistry issue or a system issue. But that being said, if you look at the teams that should make the playoffs, I'd say there are five. Because when you look at will a team make the playoffs, it's a question of will they? can they get 50 points? Yeah. And are they the seventh best team in the conference? Can they be the seventh best team in the conference? I don't think Dallas and RSL... I think Dallas and RSL could have... Yeah, those, great, those are the great easy seasons. ones to, to kind Kansas of... Kansas will probably make it. 
But I don't know. You never know, world, right? Like Vancouver can be that seventh team. Oh yeah. Like call. Do you think that and Houston's significantly better than Vancouver? Is Colorado significantly better? It than just Vancouver? comes down to what you said earlier about application, right? How how are they going to apply themselves? Let's go to the second part of, of Zach's question. <clears throat> he says, uh, Joe, of the super of the super powered main Avengers, you are obviously the Hulk. Thank you, Zach. Uh, very flattering. Please describe your three. Um, yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, please describe your three co-hosts as each of the following: Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. I spent way too long thinking about this question, and Nick's not here, so he gets to be uh, he gets to be Iron Man because it's kind of the harder one to fit. Captain America is is Peter, um, you know, just the charisma. Isn't Captain the, America's real name Peter in the? Series? That was my next point. Yeah, wrong podcast. Um, which leaves <laughs> which leaves uh, Gideon to be Thor. Obviously, okay. the, the the hairstyle, the you know, the sense of truth. Only you can pick up Thor's hammer, etc. Um, tune in next week for our fifteen minutes further analysis of. Uh, don't. Yeah, <laughs> please, please don't. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see. I think that's pretty much it for the questions. Actually, we have a few more from Rituro. Um, based on what you've seen in preseason, what is the gimme prediction for the twenty twenty? Uh, well, the twenty twenty prediction game. So the prediction game that we played last year. But I think generally, what's like a guaranteed kind of a thing? Um, Crippo makes eight saves in a game. Some Peter. <laughs> um, Something that's like a slightly challenging. It's oh, eight saves in a game is actually good. Sorry, I thought you meant eight saves in this season. No, 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 no. Saves, yeah, in, 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 in a, a game? game, that's actually a bit of a bold. Oh my eight god, yeah. we're gonna come under. We're Whitecaps are gonna have some absolute onslaughts. Oh, Cavalini starts. That's your game. <laughs> that's your yeah. game prediction. <laughs> uh, I think you know. I think Owusu is going to be a key player uh, in this squad. Like we're gonna lean on him big time. Much like, you know, Minnesota lean on someone like Alonzo, I feel, I don't know, I'm just getting, that's my, it's a prediction, right? Like, I don't need to justify it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, from Gareth uh, Wolf, 2020 Whitecap season, grace year or gracest year? So he's obviously of the Optimist Union school of thought. What was our greatest year? Probably the year that we... Let's say 2017. The year we crashed up to Portland or Seattle or... Portland, Portland, I'd say. Because we actually yeah, won a playoff 15, we actually dominated that season. Is that season. when Manny left the game with the foot injury and totally crushed our playoff hopes of scoring? And that's... I think that's... That, I think that was the game at home. Game number two, the second game. The, the we playoff trailing. moment I'll never forget is when Nerwinski injured himself when he fouled someone, which was absolutely a penalty, and VAR didn't give it. I was like... Whoa. And you know, VAR never swings the Whitecaps away, but that one time it did. That was Seattle. That was in Var, Seattle. Yeah, so yeah. It's 2018. Yeah, yeah. To answer the question. No, 2017. Great, great year. Great year. I agree. Great I year. Great year. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll. Yeah. Great year. Yep. Stay with that. Cool. That was all the questions. Thanks everyone who got in touch. They really they bring a different perspective and angle to things. So really good to uh, talk about. A few other kind of bits and pieces, as we mentioned, Uwusu arrived with the team today, probably won't feature. Whitecaps announced today um, a new tradition, they called it, which is funny because I'm pretty sure traditions have to be built, not uh, announced. Anyway, about that the um, club is going to, the players are going to arrive at, into Terry Fox Plaza and then go into the stadium. I like it. I, I like it. Um, worth a shot. You know. It's like a Premier League kind of yeah, um, say copycat, but it's what. The well, if they start performing to. badly, they might have to get like a cover to, <laughs> or a tube to bring the players in. But anyway, that's a that's a separate point. Yeah, and the game's gonna 
probably be interesting. Let's get some predictions. Um, we're, we're dropping the prediction game this year, but let's get some score predictions or like general vibes okay, from the, the game. The prediction game always stresses me out. Yeah. Quick <laughs> <laughs> decision. Quick decision. Yeah. Um, I think it will be 2 nothing Whitecaps. 2 nothing Whitecaps? I'm going to say 3-1 Whitecaps. Okay, 1-0 Whitecaps for me. So we all we all went Whitecaps um, by a goal. Boring or exciting 1-0 nothing. Boring. Boring? Yeah, I think boring. Cool. Um, let's let everyone know where they can find you online. I'm at underscore Gideon Hill on Twitter. I'm at Peter Hickens. And I'm at Joe DC Van. Um, obviously, follow AFTN Canada on Twitter if you can. The Sunday show, the guys are going to break down um, their, the eventual results, and they can call us out on all the uh, major mistakes we made and things like that. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the AFTN podcast. Enjoy the game. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.